Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Community HealthCast. I'm your host, Deborah Raddall, here, as always, with the lovely and talented Elizabeth Bailey, who is our podcast editor and leader of our ship that is the Queen's Community Health Board. What do you think of that one, Elizabeth? I love it. You're, you're going to start the podcast that way every week now, Deb. <laughs> I'm your fearless leader. You are our fearless leader. All jokes and kidding aside, we're going to take a little bit of a different route today with the Community Health Cast, and we're going to have a conversation about what's going on in our province currently with regards to COVID and the soaring numbers that we're hearing and seeing and that are putting probably all of you on edge. And if not, I'm going to admit that it's putting me a little bit on edge. And what about you, Elizabeth? Yeah, I'm right there with you, Deborah. Even though we know that numbers have been rising all over the world, and especially all over North America, Nova Scotia has been doing so well during this crisis that it was, you know, sort of easy to believe that maybe it wouldn't happen here. But of course, it's happening everywhere. Yeah. And I think that most of us were aware that it wasn't going to last forever, that we would have all of these low numbers or no numbers. But now that we're here, why don't we just have a chat about what that means? Sure. So there's a lot of stuff going on in Nova Scotia. Let's just say that. And I think I'm probably not going out on a limb here to say that the second wave is here. And the timing is really not great for a lot of us. With the holidays coming up. Yeah. And the fact that during the holidays, we all travel around to see one another, right? Like that's that's what we do. Normally we do, yeah. Yeah. So it's putting a little different spin on things. And I, I think a lot of us are really thinking, how are we going to manage things right now? Because for me, it feels like um, I got the legs kicked out from under me. And oh my goodness, you have to pivot. And pivoting is the theme of 2020. <laughs> we all have to pivot. So we're going to talk today about what are some of the things that we can do to pivot to stay safe and remind ourselves that this isn't really new. We've been through this in the spring. We have to pull up our respective smarty pants and remember all the good things we did that got us in such a great situation in Nova Scotia for a long term. So what about we do that today? That sounds perfect. And you know, if anybody can do it, the people of Nova Scotia can. I love the way that people here take care of their communities. And we did a really great job the first time around. Nobody wants to be back in this place but we know we can do it. Agreed. We know we can do it. We're going to try to navigate through some of the things that we've already talked about on the Community Health Cast relating to ways to deal with COVID. We're going to talk a little bit about some of the podcasts you may want to listen to that we've had with really great guests talking about different ways to handle things during COVID. And so I think we'll start with that. Elizabeth, why don't you remind the listeners of some of the podcasts that they may find helpful to listen to right now? Oh, yeah, that's a great idea. Because we've done several podcast episodes already that are chock full of information about dealing with COVID. And you can go back and listen to our old episodes anytime. They're not going anywhere. You can find links to them on our Facebook page, Queen's Community Health Board. Or you can go look for us on buzzsprout.com. That's our host site. You can also find them anywhere you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, go to town. Some of the really good episodes we've had on this subject are episode number 10, which is Queens County Transit. If you know somebody who has trouble getting around or needs help with deliveries during the second wave, Queens County Transit is the place to call and you can find out more about their services in that episode. Also, episode 12, which is about 211 Nova Scotia, 
And 211 is really the resource if you have needs and you aren't sure how to get them met. Or if you're not even sure what would meet, meet your needs, you can call 211 and say, here's my situation. What do I do? They will help you out. And actually, since we did that episode, I found out about a great new service they have. 211 is partnered with Feed Nova Scotia to do food deliveries to people who have trouble getting to a food bank. So if you're in a rural part of Queens and you can't get to the food bank or you don't have access to that food, you can call 211 and tell them you need a food delivery and they will get you set up. You don't need to prove anything to them or give them any paperwork. You just call them, say, I need food. Here's my address and they will get you set up. So that's just a great service. And then other episodes uh, that are worth a listen are episode number 17, Managing Back to School Stress During COVID, because as you know, we've still got kids in school during this second wave. Dr. Strang has some really good reasoning behind why they're keeping the schools open, but I think it can also be stressful. So that one is worth a listen. That's fantastic. That's right. It, that was a fun episode to make because it was just chock full of great advice. And then the other one that I would recommend is episode 19, COVID Resources in Nova Scotia, which has just got a catch-all of information you want to know about dealing with COVID. So yeah, we've already done a lot to cover these topics. That information is still good to go back and have a listen. But again, since that's online, maybe you're listening to this podcast episode on QCCR and you're not a computer person. Lots of people aren't. And if that's the case for you, I would encourage you to just call 211. They have access to all that information and more, and their navigators are more than happy to help you out. I think what we want to do is emphasize that every good decision that you make with regards to your safety and the safety of our community is helpful. Every time we shop locally, we benefit our community. Every time we wear a mask, which is all the time because we're all good citizens to do that, Every time we wear a mask, we protect each other. Every time we sanitize and wash our hands well, we help one another. And I think it's a matter of us taking a few steps back and reminding ourselves of all the good strategies that we already know. Yeah. Sure, masks are uncomfortable. We all know wearing a mask is not fun. And yet it enables us to do the things that we need to do safely. We're going to wear the masks. I'm going to wear my mask. Elizabeth's wearing her mask. Everybody out there is wearing a mask. Should we just say, if I'm scared of COVID, should I just go get a test and say, hey, I'm COVID free? Like, what are we doing with testing? It can be a little confusing. So I would just say, just go to 811 and the nurses who work for 811 make that decision. And if they decide that you should get a test, then I don't know, it can be a little scary. I know people who have been scared of getting a test. They've heard that they stick that thing right up your nose and it feels like they're trying to scrape your brain. And I was a little scared of getting a test because of that. But then I talked to people who said, it's not really that bad. It's uncomfortable, but it's not awful. And it's quick, right? But I don't know. I, you know a little bit more about it than I do, really, Deborah. Well, a little bit. I haven't had to personally have a test. But a friend of mine with her family, they've had some experience with COVID testing. Now, I want to say that happily, they are not positive. And here is Tess's experience. And Tess is 12 years old, and I'm just going to read from what was sent to me. When I got there, we were told to sit in a waiting room until another person was finished. You had to sanitize your hands, and a security guard opened the door. When you went in, you had to give your email and health card number. They said if my test was positive, they would call us, 
and if it was negative, we chose to get an email. They asked about my symptoms. After that, I was told to go sit in the chair, and then they asked me a couple of questions about whether I had food, brushed my teeth, or smoked within the last hour or two. Since I hadn't, I was able to choose the gargle test instead of the nasal swab. The gargle was a saline solution that was in a pink tube, and the nurse told me I would swish for five seconds and then gargle for five seconds. I had to do that three times with the same solution and try not to swallow. She put the solution into my mouth and it actually didn't taste too bad, not salty at all. I did the swish and she gave me a cup to spit in. Then we were done. It was very easy and quick and the nurses were really nice. I was a little worried about my results, but not really because it was just a sore throat and a runny nose. Now, Ruthie's experience was a little different. And Ruthie is a couple of years older. She's 14 years old. And here's what she has to say. We did the same registration process as test, except I had brushed my teeth within the hour, so I didn't qualify for the gargle test. We hadn't known about this. So it's important to remember not to eat or drink anything but water or brush your teeth within an hour of testing. She checked to see which nostril was most clear by getting me to blow air out of my nose. The swab was a big Q-tip. And she told me that it would burn. And she gave me Kleenex for watery eyes. She said that she would keep it in for eight to 10 seconds. And then she counted to three and put the swab in my nose. It hurt, kind of like chlorine going up your nose. She had to twist it the entire time. Then it was done. It was quick, uncomfortable, and over very quickly. I agree that the nurses were very kind. The expectation was for the girls to remain isolated until the tests were received. And they're happy to say that both tests were negative and they received the results in about a day and a half via email. And uh, the testing site for our area was up by the Giant Tiger in Bridgewater. So great. Thank you, Ruthie and Tess, for sharing your experiences with us. It's really good to hear what it was like for people who went through the process and know what to expect. You know, I'm not surprised to hear that nurses were great because nurses are nurses are the best. This next section of our podcast, we're going to call the Toilet Paper Chronicles. Do you remember how scared people were of running out of toilet paper in the spring? They were like, oh, no, where did it go? Right. I saw people at the store the other day checking out with huge, huge amounts of toilet paper. And I thought, oh, no, is it all going to disappear again? So I did a little research. When it first happened in the spring, I had a friend who said, why are people worried about running out of toilet paper? And I didn't really know. Like I had some theories. I thought, oh, is it all imported from the States? And they're worried about supply chain. So I did some research and found out that no, that's not the truth at all. There's tons of toilet paper produced right here in Canada and all over Canada. So it's not a supply chain issue. And I guess it's not surprising that there's toilet paper in Canada. Gosh knows we have all the trees. It turns out what the situation is, is there are two very different kinds of toilet paper. There is toilet paper that's made for industrial uses. So like if you're in a store or an office building or even at the hospital and you go to the bathroom, you know, you get those enormous, huge rolls of toilet paper that would last for a year. And it's sort of a different quality. It's not as nice as the stuff you buy for home. That kind of toilet paper is made at a different facility with a different supply chain than the toilet paper you buy at home. Now, when everybody's been out in the world working and shopping and at school, and then they go home, that puts a lot of stress on the home toilet paper, on the toilet paper that we buy for our houses. And so it's not that there isn't enough toilet paper. I mean, people aren't pooping more. 
It's just that it's a, they're using more of a different kind of toilet paper. But you know what? The supply chain adjusted in the spring, and it'll adjust, I think, even quicker this time because people can see it coming. So the toilet paper is out there. We will get it. You don't worry. It's going to be okay. (laughs) So we all know the holiday season is upon us. And regardless of how you celebrate or if you celebrate a specific holiday, let's, let's call this the lightning round, Elizabeth. Let's go back and forth with some of the best tips that we can think of about how we can be safe. Okay, let's do it, Deb. My tip, buy local because we want those stores that we love so much to be there when this is all over. That's right. Also, buy local because the closer you keep to home, the more safe we all are. If we stay in our own communities, it really limits community spread. Great tip. Same thing with takeout. Support your restaurants locally. A lot of them are preparing and organizing for curbside pickups. So there's options there. Look into doing your grocery order online. That's great. And my tip is make sure you are grateful to the people who are doing that work. They are essential. If you're getting takeout, Maybe tip a little bit extra if you can afford it, because those people are literally putting their life on the line to make sure you can have what you want. And say thank you to the people who are doing that frontline work, the people who work in the post office, the cashier at the grocery store. There are so many people in our community who are taking on a little bit more risk. And if they didn't, we wouldn't be able to get our needs met. So make sure they know you appreciate that. And there are all kinds of people in our community who could use just a friendly smile, a handmade card, break up their leaves when they're not expecting help. There are a million ways to connect with other people in our community, and we are all going to help each other get along. I really like that. I think that's super important to do that. You know, it's such a big thing, and there's so much going on. But I think we're going to leave this podcast today with a challenge, right? We're going to ask our listeners to share your tips and tricks for getting through this difficult time together. You can leave a comment on our Facebook page at Queen's Community Health Board. You can drop us a line. I like that challenge. We at the Community Health Guest are focused on engaging with our community, and we are pretty committed to spending time talking about what makes a healthy community. Yeah, drop us a line via email or private message for those of you that know Elizabeth or know me or any of our Community Health Board members. I think we'll leave you with that on today's episode of the Community HealthCast and encourage you, as Elizabeth said, to share some of your tips and tricks to uh, have a healthy and happy holiday season. Thank you, Elizabeth, for having this conversation with me and with our listeners today, because I have to say I feel better just talking about it. All right, folks. Everybody out there, we're thinking of you. Be well, be safe. We'll see you next time. For more information on today's topic, including links to documents and other sources of information, please visit our Facebook page, Queen's Community Health Board, or call me, Elizabeth Bailey, at 902-350-0478. Thanks for listening, and tune in next time to the Community Health Cast.